Welcome to AUSA's Army Matters Podcast, focusing on what's important to the total Army community. We bring vital Army conversations and interviews on issues relevant to soldiers, military families, and all of you amazing Army supporters. Rotating each week, our show includes Soldier Today, Army Real Talk, Family Voices, and Thought Leaders. Let's tune into the show. Soldier Today podcast is a product of the Non-Commissioned Officer and Soldier Programs Directorate at the Association of the United States Army. Soldier Today subjects focus on those topics that are relevant and needed by our soldiers and their families serving the regular Army, the Army National Guard, and the Army Reserve. Hello, everyone. I'm Sergeant Major of the Army retired Dan Daly, and welcome to this edition of Soldier Today podcast. Our newest discussion topic today is the United States Army Best Warrior Competition. The U.S. Army Best Warrior Competition began in 2002 when Chief of Staff of the Army General Eric K. Sinchecki and SMA Jack Tilley made the decision to culminate all the NCO and Soldier of the Year competitions across the Army at the Department of the Army level. In 2009, as part of the Year of the Non-Commissioned Officer Celebrations, Chief of Staff of the Army then, George W. Casey Jr. and Sergeant Major of the Army Preston decided to formally name the trophy presented to the NCO and Soldier of the Year as a way to honor the legacy of SMA Jack Tilly and what the competition does for our soldiers and our Army. I have the honor of hosting the winners of the 2021 Best Warrior Competition. With us today in the studio is the 2021 U.S. Army Soldier of the Year, the newly promoted to the rank of Sergeant, Sergeant Justin Earnhardt. Accompanying him is the 2021 U.S. Army Non-Commissioned Officer of the Year, who was also recently promoted, Staff Sergeant Adam Crawl. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us here today in the studio, and welcome to the Soldier Day podcast. Sergeant Earnhardt? Hey there, SMA Daily. It's a great honor to be here today, and thank you so much for inviting me to talk on today's podcast. Well, we're glad to have you. Sergeant Carlin. Good morning, SMA, and thanks for having us. It's a huge honor. Well, we're excited to have both of you here, and I know the Army is proud of both of you as we are at the Association of the United States Army, and we had a great time with both of these gentlemen just a few weeks ago at our annual convention, and they're going to talk to us all about what it means to be the NCO and Soldier of the Year and a little bit about what took place during our annual convention. But gentlemen, I thought we'd begin by supporting This Is My Squad. As part of the This Is My Squad culture, it's important to get to know the members of your squad. So could you both share with our listeners a little bit about yourselves? Where'd you grow up and why did you decide to become a soldier? Sergeant Earnhardt, let's start with you, please. Sure thing, SMA. So to start out, I'm 24 years old. I was born in San Diego, California, but due to my parents being missionaries, I actually grew up in Peru, South America, where I spent about 15 years of my life there. I am married to my wife, Stormy. Together we have a son. His name is JJ or Justin Jr. And we have another one on the way in December. I decided to become a soldier for a few reasons, partially to continue my family's heritage with military service. I have several grandparents and uncles and great uncles that served in the United States Army or the military in some aspect. Also, it was just a childhood dream of mine. Growing up in a foreign country, I kind of idolized a little bit the United States military, and I knew that one day I wanted to be a soldier and serve in my aspect. Well, the Army is sure lucky that you made that decision, and we're proud of that decision and the legacy you're continuing on with your family, Sergeant Earnhardt. And I know we're going to hear a lot from you, not only today, but in the future. Sergeant Carlin, what's your story? Can you share with our listeners, please? Yeah, SMA, thanks. So I was born in Grand Junction, Colorado, which is a small town on the western slope. I did the normal thing. I went to college, got a job, 
And I found myself at 26 working a nine to five and being fairly dissatisfied with my life and not really doing anything important. So I joined the Army in an effort to challenge myself and to find myself surrounded by other similarly motivated people, as well as to make a difference in the world, do something that I felt was having an impact on the day-to-day life. Well, thanks, Arm Crawlin. And for both you gentlemen, to give our listeners perspective, could you quickly just talk about what is it that you do in the Army? And Sergeant Crawlin, let's stay with you right now. What is it that you do? Sure, SMA. So my title is Cryptologic Linguist. I specialize in the language of Chinese Mandarin, but on a day-to-day basis up here in Alaska, I'm actually a signals intelligence team leader. We specialize in all forms of intelligence relating to signals and specifically RF waves. That's incredible. 26-year-old, not wanting to work nine to five the rest of their life, coming to the Army, becoming a Chinese Mandarin language specialist is pretty incredible. Sergeant Earnhardt, back over to you. What is it that you do for the Army? Well, SMA, I originally enlisted as a 35 Mike, which is a human intelligence collector. Pretty much what that means is a lot of collections on the human side, a lot of face-to-face interpersonal relationship skills are much needed in this MOS. So at the end of the day, it's all about communicating one person to another. That's incredible. Thanks for sharing that with the listeners, gentlemen, for both of you. You know, a lot of our listeners out there are military and have a good understanding, appreciation for what soldiers do, but many of them are not. And I used to say all the time that the Army has much to offer, everything from infantry to astronaut, literally. And you are two shining examples of some of the tactical skills that our soldiers possess and the jobs that they do every day for our Army. So, gentlemen, let's move on. Let's get into the competition. For both of you, throughout your entire journey in this process, what are some of the challenges you faced? And what did you fear the most? And what did you feel you were most confident in when you started your journey to become the best warriors? Sergeant Earnhardt, let's start with you again. Well, I guess I'll talk about the biggest challenge I faced in preparation for the Best Warrior competition. For me, it had to have been time management. I started back in February my journey for the Best Warrior competition, and at the time, I wasn't really familiar with the competition. I thought it was a brigade or a battalion internal. So when I won that first competition, I was really surprised to find out that, hey, you know, we keep going forward until eventually you get to the Department of the Army level. I saw something, one, that was very intimidating, but I also found out that it was a huge commitment. And as somebody who is trying to move forward in his MOS, you know, I'm trying to sharpen those skills, those human skills. Also trying to prepare for this very intense competition by bettering myself at physical fitness, by learning warrior tasks and battle drills by heart and memory, learning all of those reports line by line, and then coming home and trying to be a father to my son and trying to be a good husband to my wife. I found it very difficult to manage all of that time and kind of give a little bit of myself to everybody in my life at the unit, at my family level, and then being able to block off time for myself as well. So that was by far the the biggest challenge for me. And thankfully, I have a very understanding wife. She's my number one supporter. My mom and my other side of the family were also very understanding. My unit, they went above and beyond to try to make sure that I had time for myself to be able to train and practice and also hone my MOS skills. So a huge shout out goes to my unit, also to my family. And then I guess along the lines of what I was most confident in, you know, again, a huge shout out to my unit because they made it happen. But the technical skills and the warrior tasks and battle drills, I felt very confident in those throughout all of my competitions. And again, that thanks goes to NCOs that took me under their wing and subject matter experts that really showed me how to do those warrior tasks and battle drills. 
You know, you mentioned your support network. Obviously, a chain of command is the soldier's primary support network, but your family. I mean, behind every great soldier is a great family, and we recruit soldiers, but we retain families in the Army. So I'm crawling over to you. What did you fear the most, and what did you feel most confident in when you started this journey? My thoughts echo Sergeant Earhart's a lot. The greatest challenge of this whole journey was absolutely work-life balance. It's such an honor to be able to compete in these competitions and to go to these progressively higher levels, but especially when we're starting out, the duties of the daily Army don't stop, especially as a leader and someone who spends so much of his time working with soldiers and developing them. You know, that's not a process that you can just put on hold. So finding that balance and being able to be there for my squad as well as to prepare and compete was certainly a great challenge. And I honestly, I can't thank them enough for supporting me and being patient with me and always being flexible with the various challenges that brought. As far as the thing that I feared the most, I'm actually completely the opposite of Sergeant Earnhardt, just in the sense that it was the warrior tasks. Similar to him, you know, I had a great preparation, but at the same time, I knew that they would give us these warrior tasks in a variety of different challenging situations with different aspects that were not really the way that we had trained it. So I was definitely fearful of the fact that they would be in new and novel situations and having to deal with that, you know, adverse, austere environment. That being said, the thing that I was definitely most confident about were the tasks that I knew what they were, right? You can only do the PT test so many different ways, and the ruck can only go really one way. <laughs> and so just like Sergeant Earnhardt unit supported him, same, you know, I can't thank Alaska enough out here. We were running up and down mountains with our rucks every week, swimming in the pool, pushing ourselves. And so I felt supremely prepared for those various physical assessments. Yeah. And what a great strategy too. be really good at the things you know you're going to have to do and be apprehensive and know your weaknesses on the things that you realize you may be challenged in. Before we move on, because we're going to talk about the final competition at the Department of the Army level next, I got to capitalize on something you said. I mean, you're a non-commissioned officer, a leader of soldiers going through this. What did your soldiers think while you were going through it? And how did they respond when they found out that you were titled best NCO of the year? That's a great question, SMA, and I'm glad you asked, because I really want to make this clear that the whole reason I competed was to inspire my soldiers. The first competition, I had a soldier who was also competing, and one of the main reasons I joined was so that I could motivate him to push himself and work harder. I've been shocked and surprised at how not just supportive my soldiers and those in my unit have been, but seeing them be inspired by my success which was ultimately the end goal. And it's awesome to see them coming up to me and asking me how they can join these competitions in the future, what they can do to get better at these various events. And ultimately, that's what I want, right? To have that opportunity to have that discussion with my soldiers and to help them develop and grow and push themselves to become better soldiers and ultimately to better the Army as a whole. Yeah, And I think it's important for our listeners to understand that this competition, it takes a lot of time and effort from not just the soldiers doing it, but the leadership across the Army. But it's not just to name the best of the best. It's exactly what Sergeant Crawlin just said. It's to inspire the next generation of soldiers to want to be better. So what a shining example both of you have been throughout this whole process. So let's talk about the big show, gentlemen. The big show, the unknown. I want to focus on the final competition, the last phase, the U.S. Army Best Warrior Competition that was held at Fort Knox, Kentucky this year. What did you both expect and what did you come to realize after going through it? And Sergeant Carl, let's start with you this time. Thanks, SMA. 
with the event like this, you feel like you can never be completely certain, right? Of course, there were the expected events. You know, as we've gone through these various levels, there are a couple of things that are constant, right? Of course, there's going to be a physical assessment. There's going to be shooting in some forms. There's going to be, you know, going long distances with a lot of weight on your back for time. And there will be the assessment of the warrior tasks and battle drills that we're all expected to know as soldiers. But how they mix that gumbo together, you know, and the ultimate challenges and the situations, of course, was a huge mystery. And I believe that was on purpose on their part, and they did a great job of that. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And Sergeant Earnhardt, over to you. What can you tell us about what you expected and what you came to realize? Well, SMA, again, it goes to a huge thanks to my unit. They were able to provide me an NCO that had competed in the best warrior competition a few years ago. So under his knowledge, he kind of prepared us a lot for scenario-based warrior task and battle drills, not something you would see at like the EIB or ESB where you just have lanes. He made sure that we were practicing in a scenario base. So I kind of came to this competition with that's going to be, you know, how we're tested, how we're evaluated. We gambled a little bit on that, but it turned out to work as we found in the Fort Knox competition. A lot of it was scenario-based, so it really helped. I wasn't expecting the unforgiving hills of Fort Knox. <laughs> I'm sure some of the competitors can agree with me on that. Those are devastating, especially on that 12-mile ruck. I wasn't prepared for the uh, geographical challenge that Fort Knox brought. But again, I was happy that I trained a lot physically, so going into that, I felt prepared. Well, thanks, Turner. And I want to transition to something you mentioned, the other competitors. Gentlemen, of course, the best word competition is designed to find the best of the best throughout the entire Army, including the active Army, the National Guard, and the Army Reserve, the whole Army. What can you tell us about your fellow competitors during the Best Warrior competition? And Sergeant Earnhardt, let's stay with you. Honestly, SMA, I cannot talk enough about the other soldiers that were there at the competition, both the NCOs and the junior soldiers alike. It was such an amazing experience to be around such soldiers that were motivated and they were just as hungry as I was, both in the Best Warrior competition, but also outside of their career. It was great to hear their dreams and aspirations and goals after the competition. You know, guys were saying, I can't wait to get back to my unit so I can go to ranger school or I can go to sapper school. It seemed like they were never satisfied. And that was such a good environment to be around. Just like-minded people. That was just one of the best parts for me, being around such awesome soldiers. The other thing that really caught my eye was even though it was an individual competition, the soldiers couldn't help but gravitate to each other. They're always cheering each other on. They're always motivating each other throughout the competition. And I think that just spoke volumes about the character of the soldiers competing. Yeah, it sure does. Sergeant Carlin, over to you. Yeah, I was just incredibly humbled by all the competitors and the depth of talent they had, how caring and motivated and team-oriented they all were. You know, Sergeant Earnhardt did a great job talking about this, but like, Coming into the highest level of competition in the Army, you would expect a little bit of standoffishness, but instead it was the exact opposite. We all bonded together and joined together in a spirit of teamwork to get over all the various tasks and hurdles that we had in front of us. Personally, I can say that I learned a lot from my teammates, honestly, and developed a lot of relationships that I think I will carry far into the future. I really feel like those NCOs and the soldiers really epitomize the Army values and what it means to be a team and to work together to succeed. Again, I was just blown away and so, so thankful to have the opportunity to meet such incredible soldiers. 
Yeah, and I appreciate both your answers. You know, I've often tried to educate the American people on the fact that the Army is an incredible family and there's an incredible bond, even when soldiers are in direct competition with each other. That bond is unbreakable, and both of you did such an eloquent job describing that. Thank you. Gentlemen, once you were done at Fort Knox, you traveled to Washington, D.C. for the final stage of the best warrior competition, the board. For our listeners out there, the board is a panel made up of a group of the most senior sergeants major from across the Army. Literally hundreds of years of experience sit on this board. Each of the competitors must appear before the board, present themselves, and they're subjected to a wide range of questions dealing with a multitude of subjects that really has no left or right limit. Please describe what that experience was like for our listeners. And Sergeant Carl, I want to stay with you. Yeah, thanks, SMA. You know, I think your introduction did a great job of expressing how one feels going into that board. You know, there's so much experience on it, and the questions could come from so many different ways. It was extremely intimidating walking into that room, not knowing what to expect and having such important eyes on you. But what really shocked me, SMA, was the fact that it wasn't like that at all. I got in there and immediately was obvious that they weren't going to try to trick you or give you questions out of left field. Rather, it was a development opportunity. It was more like a conversation with the most senior leaders in the Army, just discussing various situations and tasks that are important to the Army and how I would respond. And they didn't hesitate to correct me on the spot when I could have had better responses. And honestly, it was just a huge development opportunity. And I was very grateful to have that conversation with those leaders. Sergeant Carl, wow, that's an excellent perspective. Thanks for sharing that. Sergeant Earnhardt, over to you. Well, kind of to echo off of what Sergeant Crawlin was saying, right before going into that room, you know, I just, the humility that I felt, I was just so humbled knowing that on that board sat some of the most senior sergeants major in the Army. And I couldn't help but feel so small. And I could feel my heart rate start to increase. Before I went in, I just kind of reminded myself, you know, it's time to breathe. It's time to relax. I guess at the end of the day, realizing that even though they have all of these accolades and achievements, they're human as well. And trying to keep that mentality of they're here not to gauge that I get every single question right. They're here to gauge how I present myself, the confidence behind the answers that you give. So I try to keep that mentality and present myself accordingly to the members of the board. I definitely was not prepared for Sergeant Major Guerra and her aggressiveness. That kind of got me off guard. She definitely made sure to grill myself and the rest of the soldiers to make sure that we were confident and we weren't just making stuff up. And she wanted to really dig a little deeper. So I appreciated that. That's good. And both of you, great perspective to give our listeners some type of feeling of what it's like. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this is in the Pentagon, too. And as a young soldier, opportunities prior to you becoming a very senior individual are absolutely none. To, to go to the Pentagon. So it just adds to the atmosphere. All right, so let's move forward here. The process is complete. You all just spent the last year going through every phase of your boards prior to the Army board. You're done with the Fort Knox experience. You're done with the final board at the Pentagon. And the results have not been announced. Now, both of you are extremely humble. I know our listeners are thinking that right now because that's what I'm thinking. But I'm going to ask, where do you think you stood? This is before we announced it. So where do you think you stood? Sarner Hart, let's start with you. Ooh, that's a, that's a heavy question. If I'm going to be honest with myself and the listeners as well, SMA, I was pretty confident in my performance. I knew that I most likely had placed top five. So I made sure that when I completed the board, and this is a decision I made even prior to my brigade, even my division competition, that 
when I finished, I would not look back and say, man, I wish I would have pushed myself a little bit harder on that rock. Or, you know, I wish I would have tried a little harder on such and such exercise or assessment. I made that decision that I would not look back and say, what if? Because that is one of the worst feelings that I've ever experienced. So once we finished the board and we got back to our hotel, I remember taking off my uniform, sitting on my bed, and just taking a long and deep breath. And just thankful that it was over and that I had done my best and I knew I had done my best. And I was able to go to sleep at night knowing that I left it all on the proverbial field. That's incredible. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Sergeant Earnhardt. Sergeant Crawlin, over to you. Yeah, if I'm being completely honest, I think my experience was a bit in contrast to Sergeant Earnhardt's. Like I'd mentioned before, the fellow NCOs were all so impressive. And the amount of experience and knowledge that they brought. And when I saw them, you know, day to day throughout this competition, executing, shooting really well, being really knowledgeable. When I compared myself to their performances, I honestly did not think that I had done very well. Of course, I did great on the physical assessment. But other than that, you know, I felt an immense sense of peace at the end of it, because I didn't think that I'd won, but like Sergeant Earnhardt, I knew that I'd given it my best. I'd left everything out on the field, and finally, the process was over, and I was just so thankful for that experience, and I didn't really worry myself too much with where I stood, feeling like I didn't stand a chance. Well, Sergeant Crowley, thank you, and I know that's important for our listeners to hear, and it gives them perspective, I think. As you both mentioned before, the incredible capability of your fellow soldiers that were in the competition with you, and it also describes how humble both of you are, and it's just incredible. Join AUSA, the Army's premier professional association and host of the largest land power exposition in the United States. AUSA is open to everyone, including all ranks and components. So whether you have a relationship with the U.S. Army or simply want to honor those who serve, you can learn more at www.ausa.org join. So we're waiting in anticipation. Go back to your hotel and there's still a little bit of time. There's a few events before you find out. We're going to get to that and we'll talk about some of those events. But when the announcement came, I want to know in the seconds that you heard your name called, share with our listeners what went through your mind. Sergeant Crawlin, let's stay with you. Yeah, I was completely blown away. I was in shock. I think at first I didn't react at all. I remember the uh, Alaska Sergeant Major, Sergeant Major Blaisdell, who's just incredible. You know, he turned to me, he's like, man, you won. He was like shaking me, you won. Yeah, I just couldn't believe it. I was so shocked and blown away and humbled at being selected. I think SMA Grinston actually mentioned that on stage, that I was physically shaking out of just pure excitement and surprise. You know, it was such an honor. I was just totally blown away. Thanks. Sergeant Earhart, the second you heard your name announced, what did you feel? Sure. Well, I would say my experience is very similar to Sergeant Crawlins. As soon as I heard my name announced, everything went quiet. There was a light ringing in my ear, and I remember just looking over to my NCO counterpart, and just audibly, I was like, there's no way. I may have said that like three or four times to him, and I remember just slowly standing up, and like my brain went on autopilot. My body was on autopilot, and I walked up the stage and got the award and shook the SMA's hand. And it just, I was so humble at that time. I just, I, I looked over at another soldier who I thought would have won. And I remember pointing to him saying, you know, it's going to be you. You know, you're the one that won before the SMA announced the winner. And I just, uh, yeah, just floored. And, and still to this day, still, I, I'm just shocked. 
Gentlemen, thanks for sharing that personal experience. So I have to ask, what does it mean? What's it mean to be the U.S. Army Soldier Non-Commissioned Officer of the Year, coined the best of the best of almost 1.2 million soldiers? Sergeant Earnhardt? Just, wow. That's amazing, honestly. The humbleness that that brings is immense, and just the feeling of gratitude that comes along with that. But on another note, it brings responsibility, and I'm aware of that. And just coming back to my unit, just seeing the other soldiers come up to me and congratulate me, and you can just see the respect that they have for me in their eyes. And I know Sergeant Crawlin is probably feeling the same way, but that's a huge responsibility, knowing that your actions inspire others. And you know you're being watched now from the beginning to the end. And everything you do reflects upon yourself and even bigger reflects upon your unit and the Army as a whole. So taking that responsibility and ensuring that you use it for good and make sure that you're inspiring other soldiers around you to continue to strive for excellence is huge. And that is not a responsibility that I take lightly. And I'm looking forward to being able to inspire and motivate other soldiers to continue on and also compete for bigger and better things. Before I comment, Sergeant Carlin, over to you. Yeah, I mean, it's such a huge honor to be named the non-commissioned officer of the year for the Army. But, you know, I think less a reflection of myself. I see that as a reflection of my squad, my team and my unit. They've been there supporting me from day one, you know, whether it's the MICO or it's 140th Cavalry or it's, you know, Alaska, toughest Arctic warriors out there, you know, like we are the best in the Army. And I think that this is sort of a reflection of that, right, of the austere environment and challenges that we face every day and how we overcome it. Similar to Sarn Earnhardt, not only is it a huge honor, but it's also just a huge opportunity. Like I've said before, you know, the whole reason I competed was for my squad and to inspire soldiers. And to be named the NCO of the year is really the epitome of that. And from now on, really, the goal is to continue to inspire others and hopefully to develop others as well, you know, and use it as an opportunity to spread the values that I think made me successful, but also that can make others in the Army successful and, you know, hopefully improve our organization as a whole, Sergeant Major. Yeah, incredible answers by both of you gentlemen. And I would just share, I should tell the best warriors that the competition's over, but day one of being the best warrior started the day you were announced. And in some ways, in many ways, it's much tougher to maintain that because that's what soldiers expect of you. I know both of you will continue to deliver on that. So thank you. So both of you had quite a surprise in the days following the announcement. You've been coined the best NCO and best soldier of the year, but both of you were impact promoted by the Chief of Staff of the Army on stage at the AUSA annual meeting. How did that feel? The first one that was actually promoted was Sergeant Earnhardt. So Sergeant Earnhardt, go first, please. Oh, man, the SMA. I was just, <laughs> I was so shocked. That was the very last thing I had expected to come about of the competition. It was USMA Daily that right before the Chief of Staff addressed the AUSA convention, you had brought me in the back and you said, hey, just for your awareness, when they say, Special Sternheart, please come to the stage, just go to the stage. And I remember asking, what for? You know, <laughs> what, what should I expect? And you just said, don't worry about it. So I remember sitting in my chair, just kind of thinking, man, what could they have me doing? Am I, you know, saying the Soldier's Creed? God forbid they have me sing, you know, like what, what am I going to be doing? And, uh, man, when they said, you know, we're looking to promote Special Sternheart, man, I just, uh, I was so shocked. And uh, I think the video that was posted online just captured my expression perfectly. 
my jaw was just on the floor and I was smiling like an idiot. So that's something that I'm just never going to forget. Maybe we should have had you sing. I, I should uh, recommend that at SMA for next year. That might have been quite a bit of entertainment and a nice oh, culminating right. gift back to the people. <laughs> entertaining for sure. Entertaining for sure. Yeah, excellent. Over to you, Sergeant Carlin. Now, to set the stage for our listeners out there, Sergeant Earnhardt, as you mentioned, was promoted by the Chief Staff of the Army when he gave his Eisenhower speech the day after the announcement. But Sergeant Carlin wasn't. He got promoted the next day, again, in a very surprising situation. I'll let him describe it. Sean Crawlin? Yeah, I mean, surprising doesn't do the feeling justice at all. We had been announced the winners. The next day, Sergeant Earnhardt got promoted, which was incredible. It was on such a huge stage. And as you had mentioned, I wasn't promoted at that point, which made sense to me, you know, especially as a sergeant, you know, the brackets and the things that you need to be able to make E6 are a little bit more complicated. And, you know, at that point, I figured, all right, I had school coming up and I figured that's when that would happen. So we were sitting in the SMA's initiatives brief and he's going over some of the great new initiatives that the Army have. And out of the back of the room, you see the chief of staff of Army sprinting up to the front of the stage and everyone just silent, you know, what is going on? And he gets on there and he proposes his own initiative, which happens to be promoting me. And I was just, man, I did not see it coming at all. And that was, oh, it was huge. And it's hard to describe because for the NCO of the year, you know, you expect that announcement to come, you know, where you place is one thing, but like you're anticipating it. But I mean, I just felt knocked on the floor, honestly having no clue, not seeing it come in. Man, it was such an honor. I, I can't even, I can't do it words. Uh, wow. It was a heck of a moment. Yeah, And I would encourage our listeners, you can find both of those, I'm sure, the contents online to just see how special that moment was for both Sergeant Earnhardt and Sergeant Crawlin because it was incredible. Staying on the subject of the AUSA annual meeting, what do you think of the event? What can you share with our listeners about AUSA for somebody that hadn't been there? You know, in the meeting hall and being in our nation's capital and all the professional development going on, what would you share for someone that's never been to the annual meeting? Sergeant Earnhardt, let's start with you, please. Well, SMA, honestly, I kind of felt like a kid in a candy shop. There was just so many vendors. Like you said, just the technological stuff that were present at the AUSA convention was amazing. Just kind of for context, you could go from looking at like outdoor tents for staying in the field at one vendor, and then you turn a corner and then there's a full-sized Osprey just sitting there and you can get inside the cockpit and kind of test out the technology for yourself. It was awesome. For somebody that is super interested in all things Army, that was just a great way to just spend a good amount of your evening. Again, you could spend several hours without looking at everything. Not only the companies and the vendors that were there, but also the individuals that attended the meeting. It was just a huge honor to meet them. People like the Medal of Honor recipient, Master Sergeant Petrie, he was just such an amazing character and such an amazing person to meet and to talk to. And he's just a super humble guy. But just to be able to shake his hand was just a pleasure in itself. As well, yourself, SMA Daily, I've been someone that looked up to you while you were the Star Major of the Army. That was a huge honor just to meet you. And even to be on this podcast again today is just a tremendous honor. So I'd say just also kind of recap the vendors and stuff that are there, being in the nation's capital, being able to see all of the national and historic landmarks, and then also just the individuals that were there. It was a great way to rub shoulders with the amazing people that are within the Association of the United States Army. Well, thanks for describing that, Sergeant Earnhardt. And thanks for the plug for me, just for our listeners out there. If you want the opportunity to see me, you buy your tickets to next year's show. I promise you I'm going to be there. <laughs> but Sergeant Carlin, over to you. What can you tell our listeners about what's at the AUSA annual meeting for the United States Army? 
Yeah, I mean, just the size of the convention was breathtaking. I mean, I didn't realize buildings could even be that big, to be honest. I mean, it just stretched on and on and on. It was probably at least half a mile long, just filled with different vendors and technologies and the latest and the greatest systems that the Army may or may not have coming to it. But I would say more than that, the thing that I loved most about the AUSA annual meeting was all the various forums with the Army leaders. You know, you hear so much about these upcoming initiatives and the most senior leaders that we have. You know, I see their pictures on the wall every morning when I go into work. And to be in the same room as them and to hear their honest and candid opinions about the state of the Army, about what is going on and how they're addressing it and what's important was really special for me to to understand the direction that we're going and ultimately what's important to the Army, especially as a leader who's going to pass that on to my soldiers. It felt like it really closed the gap between the soldiers and the leaders, and that was something that was just really an incredible opportunity. Well, thanks, both of you, for sharing that. Gentlemen, a couple more questions here, and I know our time is coming to a close, but what's next for both of you? What do you want to do in the Army, and what are your goals in life? And Sean Carl, let's stay with you, please. Yeah, so first and foremost is just continue to represent the Army. Like you said, right after the winners were announced, day one of being the NCO of the year began. And as we talked about, right, it's a huge responsibility. And that's my 25-meter target right now is doing a great job of that and really being able to help develop and grow soldiers and show them that if you challenge yourself and you're willing to take risks, you know, really anything is possible. In addition to that, I want to just continue to challenge myself, because while this may be the epitome of one thing, I guarantee you, SMA, that there are many other things that I have a lot of room for growth. So just to stay hungry and keep pushing myself and hopefully continue to be a, you know, a leader in this incredible organization for years to come. Well, we know you will, and we'll be excited to follow your journey. Sergeant Earnhardt, over to you. What's next? What do you want to do in life? Well, that's a great question, SMA. <laughs> um, as far as the, the far future, that's still a little clouded for me. Like Sergeant Crown was saying, kind of focusing on those 25-meter targets right now. And kind of to echo on that, I had an NCO approach me after I had been named the Soldier of the Year. And what he said is, while that is a great accomplishment, that's something that's in the past now. You can't just sit on achievements of your past. While there is a time to sit there and be appreciative of those things and to be honored and to be humbled by them, now is the time to really have the rubber meet the road. And my mentality after being named best warrior is now it's time to go to work. You know, those things that I've done in the past, now it's in the past. And now I need to really get to work and I really need to buckle down and focus. My goal is to just be the best individual soldier that I can be. And I know that in turn, that will benefit the army as a whole. Just having that responsibility of inspiring and motivating other soldiers to achieve and to be the best fighting force in the world, doing my part. You know, I might not be able to impact the Army as a whole, but I sure can impact my squad. And I sure can ensure that those people around me were all motivating each other and staying positive. Both incredibly humble answers and good approaches on life. Just be the best you can be. Gentlemen, it was a pleasure to have you with us today. I know I enjoyed it. I know our listeners enjoyed it. Unfortunately, we are running out of time, but I'd like to give you both the few last words. Do you have any quick final thoughts you'd like to provide our listeners? And Sergeant Earnhardt, let's stay with you. Well, I know myself and Sergeant Crawlin have said it multiple times, but 
I'm so humbled and I'm so thankful to have been given the opportunity to compete, to represent my unit. Again, growing up in Peru, I was able to represent my culture a little bit as well. So I'm just so thankful for that opportunity that I was given. And then just so thankful for the support that I received from my unit, from my family. And just kind of as a word of encouragement to those that are listening, just take advantage of those support structures that you have, that golden triangle that you have in your life. But more importantly, understand that you're part of somebody else's golden triangle. You're part of their support system. So keeping your eyes open for the needs of your battle buddies, for the needs of your family members, just be aware of your surroundings and really look to be a blessing and to be a help to those around you. Sean Carlin, over to you. Final thoughts. Yeah, I just want to say thank you, SMA, for taking the time to have us on today. It's a huge honor to be able to talk to you, as always. So humbled for the experience to be able to have competed and have such a great support system. <laughs> just like Ernard, right? I think maybe there's some overlap there as the keys to our success. You know, I know without my unit and Alaska and their programs, I certainly wouldn't have been able to accomplish what I did. And I guess with that, you know, there's just a couple things I want to leave the listeners with. And the first is just keep working hard, you know, stay after it. I say this a lot and people seem to not believe me, but I'm not anything special, right? The only difference is that I put my nose to the grindstone and I kept after it. Don't be afraid to take risks. You know, everyone's going to fail, but that discomfort is what helps us grow. And lean back on your support system while you're doing that, right? Your squad, your golden triangle, because none of us can do this alone. And it's only through other people supporting you and you supporting them mutually that you're able to become so much better and to have that energy and that motivation and that growth. You know, everyone has something that they're an expert at. So just stay humble and get that knowledge from them and make yourself the best you can be. Well, ladies and gentlemen, incredible and inspiring words from Sergeant Justin Earnhardt, the 2021 Soldier of the Year, and Staff Sergeant Adam Crowley the 2021 United States Army Non-Commissioned Officer of the Year. Truly proof that our soldiers are our nation's credentials. Thank you both, gentlemen. Our time has come to an end to close this edition of Soldier Today podcast. All of us here at the Association of the United States Army want to congratulate Sergeant Justin Earnhardt and Staff Sergeant Adam Crawlin for earning the prestigious title of 2021 U.S. Army Best Soldier and Non-Commissioned Officer of the Year and for joining us today to share their story. As Army alums, I can say from all of us across the country, Congratulations, and thank you for all you have done and all that you continue to do for our Army. Soldier Today podcast is a product of the Non-Commissioned Officer and Soldier Programs Directorate at the Association of the United States Army. We hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as we have, and we welcome your feedback and recommendations for future subjects. Join us next week here in the studio for another great podcast. To all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Army Matters podcast on iTunes and everywhere podcasts are found. The Army Matters podcast series is brought to you by the Association of the United States Army, the U.S. Army's professional association, member-supported, Army-connected. Visit us at AUSA.org for more information or to become a member. Your membership helps AUSA continue to carry out its mission to educate, inform, and connect with the total Army, our industry partners, and our supporters of a strong national defense. For questions or to provide topic recommendations, email us at podcast at AUSA.org. Have a great Army Day. Hua.